Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports. Oh, that was so good. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after absolutely blowing your butt out in game one? Did they blow their butt out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Oh, their weekly mission to provide hot takes. Medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the (laughs) nose test didn't? The Sinner and the St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map. Just turned into a gigantic Mexican. And 1080TheFan.com. Oh! You can tell because it's 10-11. Might be a little bit off on our clock here. That's your fault. Right, we'll get right back on right here. Here's how we're going to do it, Will. Blame you. I'm going to give you options. Blame you. If I paid you $1,000, would you watch every snap of Washington, Colorado? Sure. Would you? Really? $1,000 cash? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, five, so 500 bucks. Yeah, I still would. Uh, thirty dollars. No. Okay. Hundreds by threshold. Hundred. <laughs> we found it. We found it. The worst game in the Pac-12 today: the noon kick between four and six Washington, who's playing without a coach, and three and seven Colorado, who uh, <clears throat> their old coach Mel Tucker down twenty-eight nothing, getting paid ninety-five million dollars over the next ten years. Damn, but, they scored again. Yeah, twenty-eight nothing. Dude, it was 21 nothing when I read the update. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wow, that's scary. Uh, or would you rather watch UCLA against USC also playing without a coach? Now, uh, yeah, I mean, I would watch that one because there's actually something that. on the line. I mean, it's a rivalry. Okay, just just asking. In or Washington, Colorado. All right, your third option is Colorado Stanford. Or I'm sorry, Cal Stanford. Cal Stanford. Uh, man. That's a rivalry game. Yeah, I, got, I mean... USC, UCLA, I guess, is my answer. Those games are ugly. That is your Pac-12 slate. For anybody trying to make an argument that the Pac-12 is better than than, than its records, I give you those three games. On the the watchability scale, two of them rivalry games, I'm going to put them all pretty low. Well, and I think, too, one I've thought about this recently is that, you know, it's interesting that the premier team, that your flagship team... Is in Oregon, sure. But right. Clemson's in South Carolina. You have you have two. Yeah, you, have, you have Miami and Florida State in the ACC. You have all the Carolina schools in North Carolina, Duke and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. What NC State? Yeah. And your premier school is in South Carolina. It does not seem like the flashiest spot to be. Even Virginia Tech would be 
I would think, in a better region to, to have success. So who knows? I suppose. I think I mean, South that's, Carolina. That's even, though, but that's, that's Oregon, Washington, California. I mean, you put Oregon as a South I think Carolina. We're a little bit jaded about how important this state is. What I'm saying is if you went Florida, North Carolina, yeah. South Carolina, Virginia, and you go Arizona, Oregon, Washington, California, sister uh, city or states, Oregon is the, I put Oregon as the South Carolina. Oh, no, I put it as the Virginia. As the Virginia? You think Virginia's the worst place? Virginia's got Virginia, Virginia Tech, and, uh, no, and, and those have been pretty minute. good schools because I'm trying to. I, I put Virginia as the Arizona. I'm trying to uh, frame this in terms of like media market and like yeah, attractive. Okay, yeah. yeah. So then Oregon and Virginia. Oh, I think very I, I think Arizona and Virginia are more in line. Hmm. I don't know about that. Okay. Well, just guessing. I mean, we can look at populations and do the whole breakdown of it. But yeah, yeah. Florida and California line up. Washington and North Carolina, I think, line up. But either way, yeah. Or, I think Clemson being the power in the ACC and Oregon being the power in the Pac-12 are pretty pretty on par. Here's where I think it's interesting is that you also have the, what is it, fifth biggest economy in the world in California, and none of your teams are good. Yeah, oh, I thought about that. Yeah, well, SC's not good. UCLA's not good. I mean, here's a, here's a Here's a real th- question. So my brother asked me this. Al's poo-poo. So my brother asked me this. He goes, is the Pac-12 really as bad as it looks? I go, yeah. And I go, I go. What's the big quality non-conference wins? You have Oregon over over um, Ohio State, and you have the the UCLA win over LSU. Other than that, there were some bad losses non-conference. And then I go, just wait to see what happens in the bowl season. But I'm looking at this. Cal's three and six. They're not making a bowl game. Stanford's three and seven. They're not making a bowl game. You've got. Uh, uh, Colorado at three and seven. They're not making a bowl game. Washington in danger of not making a bowl game at four and six and USC at four and five, probably not making a bowl game. So you're not even going to have half your conference make a bowl game. Arizona's not making a bowl game. We know that. So you have half your conference, probably not even making a bowl game. Then you're going to count on Washington state and UCLA to go and show up and play big in a bowl game so that you can go. Yeah, we save some face. So it's kind of ugly. So then what makes Oklahoma different than Oregon then in that respect, where it's like Oklahoma just runs roughshod over the Big 12 most of the time. Well, in Oregon, for the most part, again, we talked about this in the first segment. It's not necessarily roughshod that Oregon runs over the Pac-12, but no. they beat teams and they beat them convincingly, and it's very obvious they are the better team. What makes it different is Oklahoma has three Heisman Trophy winners in the last five years. So you think that's a uh, bigger thing in yeah. the college football playoff size? Yeah, on the on the on the scale of uh, watchability, and you're trying to get like, let's look at this through the lens of the college football playoff is a TV show. Oh yeah, don't you want to have the Heisman Trophy winner in your big TV show at the end of the season? Spencer Rattler. <laughs> he's supposed to be at the beginning of the year. Whoever's playing quarterback for Oklahoma has as much of a chance yeah. of winning a Heisman Trophy as anybody else in the country. Oh. No way. They're what? in first place. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They, they didn't like, even play a snap in their first place. <laughs> well, there you go. Would you say the same thing about Oregon? You would not. No, probably not. So now, there, that's, a difference between, that's a difference between Oklahoma. Yeah, but Mariota was an upset at, at winning it. Was he really? Well, I mean, no, I mean, it was a surprise, but he had a great career. And in his final season, Spencer Rattler was a first time starter. 
and he was a favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Mariota had three great years before that in one of the most dynamic offenses college football had ever seen and in his senior season only because he came back had a chance to win a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think about... And he beat out Jameis yeah. Winston, who just won a Heisman Trophy and a perfect season, had another perfect season. So, yeah, that was... I think it was contested. I don't know that it was that much of an upset, but it, was a, it wasn't an easy strut in there to get it like it is for some of these like this this year whoever wins it you're gonna be like oh how did that guy win a heisman trophy and then you look at second third place you go oh yeah that's how all right here's your list of heisman trophy finalists and johnny manzel had already won a heisman trophy and was still playing when mariota won his you ready for this sure go i don't think you're ready i'm ready oh well then uh i'm gonna go 10 and up sure okay yeah, it's a long list. I, that's too many names, but go. That's why I asked if Chuck, you were ready. Just, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Number 10, Bryce Petty. Remember old Bryce? Sure. He got a vote. Yep. Uh, Scooby Wright actually made yeah, the list at nine. there you go. How about that? Scooby Wright was greatness. Dak Prescott. Okay. He was on there. Yep. Tevin Coleman. That was the running back out of yep. Indiana. Yep. Uh, Jameis Winston came in sixth. Sure. But he was way down there. Yep. Uh, JT Barrett in fifth, okay. Trayvon Boykin. Uh, that was the quarterback out of TCU. TCU. Yep. He was uh, uh, back fourth. up for the Seahawks for a little bit before he punched a woman and got thrown in the pokey. Oh, that's right. He yeah. did. Didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I forgot about that. Three was Amari Cooper from Alabama. Yeah. Two was Melvin Gordon from Wisconsin. And then one, you had Marcus Mariota from Oregon. Yeah. But go to go to week one odds, and there's a lot of names on that list, mm. including Jameis Winston, Johnny. Like I said, I think Johnny Manziel was playing his junior year that year, right? He had won as a freshman, and then Jameis Winston had won. Or maybe I'm maybe mm. nah. I don't know about that. Let's see. Could but, be right. But anyways, at the at the beginning of the year, that it was it was the names that we mentioned at the beginning of this season are all gone. This current college yeah. football season, it's it's an ugly one. I still don't quite understand. Like, uh, well, you you come off of last season was one of the greatest quarterback classes ever. Yeah, and then you come into this year, and it's it's yeah, you're, there's a there's a big void. You mean the season? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. The not the COVID season. Well, but even coming off the COVID season this year, yeah, your rookies are. Oh, yeah, you're true. coming off of yeah, two years true. of great quarterback classes, so you yeah, have a yeah. down you have a down one. Who knows? And we'll make up a guy that's going to be great. There's going to be a Josh Rosen type uh, top 10 draft pick this year. I guarantee you. Johnny Manziel won it. Yes, you were correct in uh, 2012. Yep. And then 13 was Jameis and 14 was Mariota. Two Heisman Trophy winners that were playing another year of college football that year. Mm. Yeah. Then Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray won it. Yep. And then uh, Jalen Hurts was right there in the thick of it the next year with his start. I sure do not understand why Lincoln Riley continues to work there. <laughs> probably gets paid a lot of money and, uh, so? and they take care, probably take good care of you. Bob Stoops was there for a long time. I, I think they know how to take care of a head football coach and he doesn't pay for a lot of things in Norman. I'm guessing. It's not a lot to do in Norman. <laughs> well, whatever there is, he can do it. I'll tell Free you stike. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some beavers. Uh, we've got the, uh, the bowl eligible beavers underway, taking on Arizona state. Technically both teams still in the race for a PAC 12 title. We talk about Will's beave neck beaves. We talk about <laughs> Will's beaver next. <laughs> Almost slipped there. Can't move. I did essentially that. what you said. I know. 
Sorry. Sorry to all the young listeners out there. Let's talk about Will's beeves. Next, Center Saint, Tenny the Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. All right, Will, I was looking at the standings across college football to find where the strengths were. Big Ten's got a lot, like eight bowl-eligible teams right now. The Pac-12, six of them. Washington and USC still have a chance, uh, both playing without head coaches right now. Both have a chance to become bowl-eligible. That would be eight teams, so the Pac-12... Uh, it does have a chance to do it, but I don't know if you have USC and Washington winning today, but who knows what can happen. Would you like to know the toughest conference, uh, the side of any conference in college football? I believe the, the it what? is. What are you asking? The toughest half of any conference. So I was looking at like the SEC. Oh, half schedule, the sex half? Well, no, like the, the of one conference. Yeah. You're playing in the Mid-America West. That might be the toughest. Oh, division. You mean. Division. There, oh, there yeah. you go. That's a, that's a good word. So uh, the toughest division might be the mid-America West. How about this? Northern Illinois is leading it. They're eight and three. Central Michigan is seven and four. Eastern Michigan, seven and four. Toledo is six and five. Western Michigan is six and five. And Ball State is five and six right now. There's one team with a losing record in that division. Want a piece of that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> this is the one that got me though. Here's your SEC, uh, SEC East. I found this one fascinating too. Georgia ten and zero, Kentucky seven and three, Tennessee five and five, Missouri five and five, South Carolina five and five, Florida five and five, Vanderbilt two and eight. A lot of teams right there playing for bowl eligibility in the next couple weeks. I don't think bowl eligibility should be a marker for how good a conference is, quite honestly. Well, my only point is if you are eligible for a bowl, you go out and let's say the Pac-12 gets into seven bowl games and they go one and six. Is that a marker for how good a conference is? If they go six and one, do you think differently about the Pac-12? 
I don't know. You know, and I've, I've also kind of thought that too about because that is like a conversation that we'll probably have here in the next couple of weeks once yeah. we do get to bowl season. And most likely a lot of the Pac-12 teams will lose their bowl games because a lot of them are barely getting into these bowl games. And, and three teams playing without coaches right now. Yes, exactly. And, and Cal won't make it in, but they're playing with COVID right now. And you know, another team's going to screw up something. But I think, you know, you speak about like the strength of a conference and we always try to kind of figure out the formula of what does make a strong conference. Like we can all agree the SEC it's a strong conference. Like I get it. They got Vanderbilt. They got all of this kind of crap there, but they don't have that much crap. I mean, you brought a eh, Vanderbilt. Who's the second crap. worst program? Oh, let's see. Missouri. Yeah. Missouri's bad. Yeah. They're still all right. They're five and five Kentucky. You would say seven Kentucky and three used to be good. Well, they're good right now. They're, I mean, they've been a good team this year. Yeah. They're not great, but they're good. There's some crap. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. The big 10. There is some crap, but boy, there's one division that, yeah, the, the, the East. Thing. Holy cow! But they have Maryland and Rutgers in there now. Sure. So yeah, there's some there's some bottom feeders everywhere. Who's the worst team in the Pac-12 right now? It's Arizona, but Arizona has been good. So eh, who knows? I would just contest that. You know, I think judging a conference's worth in terms of skill, I think a lot of the times it's like a projection thing. Yeah. I think living in the moment, it. I think it's your non-conference wins yeah. and it's your bowl performance. Sure, I mean, that's the easiest way to do it. Those are the two easiest. But I think if you're, living, you're playing against another conference, yeah. did you win? No, sorry. I think if you're living in the moment, I think it very much can be skewed in a way that say like, uh, you know, this season we lived in a very particular moment in the first three weeks of the season and said, the ACC sucks. It's absolutely awful. The only good teams Clemson. Well, Clemson sucks. Yeah. And now Wake Forest is apparently good. Yeah, but they're probably going to lose today. But well, here's the thing. If your conference, let's say the Pac-12, sent four teams to bowl games. Okay. But they, one of them was a college football playoff team, and the other three just dominated. Would you feel better about the conference than then, them sending eight schools going four and four and no playoff team? I would feel better about the conference if over a two to three year period, there were more ranked teams throughout the season. Mm, but see, now that, rankings are subjective. They sure are subjective, but I will tell you this subjectivity in terms of college football is a perception game. It, there's seven minutes and one second left in the Ohio state, Michigan game Yeah, in the first half, yeah. Ohio state is number four in the country. Michigan is number seven. Yeah. Michigan state is losing 42 to nothing right now. Yeah. 42 to nothing with seven minutes left in the second. They're ranked number seven yeah. because they beat Michigan, who was ranked early in the season. If yeah. Michigan gets the same kind of ass kicking, we're going to be like, well, they beat two ranked teams. That was great. Maybe they sucked the whole time. Mm -hmm. And all of these victories they got over ranked teams yeah. were because somebody pulled numbers out of a hat at the beginning of the season. So having a bunch of ranked teams, I think, is less important than going out and just kicking the crap out of, of teams outside of your conference in the non-conference and going into bowl games going, you don't want to play the Pac-12 in a bowl game because they're going to whoop you. I, again, would still contest that rankings mean a little bit more. Well, than guess, guess what? You win your bowl game by 42 points yeah. on the way out of a 7-3 and three season. Next year, you're going to be ranked in the preseason. It right. does take, it does take multiple will, years. Actually. I think it, I think you get a lot closer to being ranked higher. What's, what's that bowl that you won in? Uh, if you're 7-3, and three, you probably played in the Vegas Bowl. I think you got your answer there. Who would you play, though? What in the Vegas Bowl? Yeah, 
played Michigan State, who's going to probably lose their three of their last four games. Well, Michigan State wouldn't go to the Vegas Bowl. Yeah, I know. Because they were ranked number seven once. Well, and it's like a conference bowl. Well, whatever. You, okay, whatever. Here's what I'm saying. I think that the Big Ten, very talented, but like we've said on this program many times, there's one whole side of the conference that's garbage. Yes. All right. Let's- but they have so many ranked teams that the national perception of the Big Ten is that that's a really hard conference. There are a lot of really tough games that happen in the Pac-12, and the only two teams that we can get ranked are one that's a three-loss team, yep. which, by the way, I am predicting the, uh, will not beat Oregon, and it's actually not going to be that close of a game today. Yep. And two is a number three-ranked team that people keep writing about. Nobody and trusts. Why the hell are they ranked three? They suck. All What's right, going let's on look here? at the scoreboard. Let's talk about your Beavers, and then we'll get into what to watch. Uh, we're we're eating up our clock here. So let's do it. Scoreboard update right now. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. You're wondering who the uh, Heisman Trophy winner is going to be. Here's the stat line for C.J. Stroud in the first half. First half against Michigan State. 24 of 26 for 358 yards and five touchdowns. Peyton Thorne on the other side for Michigan State. Seven of 21 for 68 yards. No picks. No TDs. Uh, They're losing 42 to nothing. And it's not turnovers. They're not even turning the ball over. Like you would think you see 42 to nothing in the first half of a game. Wouldn't you think it would be like... Oh, well, they just, they can't hold on the ball and they're throwing a bunch of picks. Nope. They're just, they just can't stay on the field and they can not stop Ohio State. Well, again, my thought is something's wrong. <laughs> Someone got hurt. Or... You said that? Never, no. I mean, you ever started? I, yeah. mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, don't you? I mean, this is, these are two top 10 teams. That, yeah. Well, it, Ken, it would, Ken, Ken Walker has uh, run the ball uh, five times for 24 yards, uh, but you're down 42 to nothing. You can't, you're not going to get back into it running the ball. So you have to throw it. Ohio State knows you're throwing it. Dude, if I go down 21 nothing in the first quarter, I still run the ball. Well, there's again. no point in even throwing it because you're yep. so bad at throwing. Like, who cares? Yeah, they have 10 like, carries. Well, they have to have the ball either. They have 10 carries in 21. They've played at 30 yeah. plays. I would just so. think that if you're down by 21, 28, zero something like that and it's like the first quarter like my mindset as a coach is not like how can we get back on this <laughs> you like, can't my, no my mindset is just like all right how can we manage this thing Ooh, what's the greatest comeback in in uh college football history i don't know anybody been down 42 nothing let's research that all right let's well, ask google <laughs> yeah let's do that uh i'll tell you what i'll google it give me your uh give me a three minute breakdown of uh Oregon State, Arizona State. Uh, Give up on your research. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, you're an idiot. 2006. And what was the? Oh, Michigan. <laughs> Michigan State. And they came back down 42 to Ohio State. Uh, 38 to three. They were down. Woo! There you go. Not over. Till it's uh, over. Let's see. This one might be over. Michigan State Northwestern. Yeah, oh. this was 2006. Down by 35 points. With damn nine fifty four left in the third quarter, wow! How about that? Impressive. All right. Well, saying they got a chance, I doubt it. But no, they don't have a chance. <laughs> Number two, by the way, you remember that uh, uh, UCLA uh, Texas A and M game? Oh yeah, Josh Rosen. Yep. 
That was yep. the one where it yep. cemented his draft status. Yeah, yes, it did. It really did. I mean, yep. before that, it was kind of a myth, and then that happened. Yeah, and well, and turns out it was a mirage. Sure was. All right, give me a breakdown here, real quick. Your beeves, my beeves, they are bowl eligible. Finally, how how good does that feel? It's good, man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. The the expectations for the beeves changed a lot because they had such a hot start, and were you know a five game winner pretty quickly in the mm-hmm. season. A couple trip ups. They lost to Colorado. Not great, obviously. Um, but you you are where you hope to be at the beginning of the season right now, and you still got two games left to play, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good start. You know, one thing that I really harped on was that. Um, there was an opinion that if they weren't bowl eligible this season, that, you know, there's nothing you really need to do as a fan or an organization. It's more just, you know, Hey, they didn't get it again, but they were ma- they were making some improvements. I would contest that if they didn't become bowl eligible this season, I-, I think that again, it's this very vague line between hot seat and like, asking the coach directly, like, what can we do to help you? Because it's fire like, defensive coordinator. Well, that and like, what more resources do you need? Because you're doing a good job, but we're not going to lie. You ended last season on a five game losing streak. Yep. So that's concerning. That means that you lost the team somewhere yeah. and now we need to kind of look into what's going on. So I would say it was incredibly pivotal that they did beat Stanford. I would say they have an incredibly good chance of beating Arizona state just because of the fact that it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Mr. Hyde with that team. Like Arizona state, you really don't know what you're going to, but is that a good chance or 50, 50 is a good chance. I would say you have a 60% chance because you're playing at home and you're undefeated at home this season. There you go. And so I, I think that, you know, that plays into what you're going to do as a team. I think too, uh, you know, they asked Jonathan Smith this in his press availability this week. Do you think that there's a feeling among the players that you, you're more free now, right? Because mm. you're right. It was a burden getting to six wins, especially when you won five and you were what? You were four and two at one point or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think there was probably a burden on those players of like, look, you, you've done so well at the beginning of the season. Like, let's see it. Yeah. You got to get there now. And so now that once they've uh, checked that box, you should be able to play a lot freer at home, especially at a Pac-12 after dark game and going into a rivalry game where, quite honestly, you have nothing to lose. Well, you have you. nothing to lose at this point. Well, you've already said that you expect the Ducks to win. You're giving the Beavs a 60% chance to win, so that yeah. does set up a great rivalry game next week. Oh, yeah. But you need to know what to watch mm. in these games. For the untrained eye, what is it you should be looking for? We'll help you out. It is... What to watch next? Sinner and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally. 
It's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, I've, I've reclassified. The game of the day might be if Michigan State's backups can uh, can beat Ohio – or I'm sorry, if Michigan State's starters can beat uh, Ohio State's backups in the second half. It's 49 nothing in this game. So if you decided to listen to this show instead of watch the first half of Michigan State-Ohio State, congratulations, you made the right decision. Probably just about as entertaining. Oh, I, I, no. This ha- <laughs> Unless you're an Ohio State honk, th- this show, I guarantee you, is more entertaining. This is an embarrassment. Mel Tucker got offered $95 million this week. There's 40 seconds left, and Michigan State's going to give Ohio State the ball back. Maybe they can put 56 up in the first half. Holy cow. Why even punting it? Just throw it. Anyway, so Will. is this, like, can we now shut up about – how much we hate the college football playoff committee and their decision-making. Here's a question about what you want to watch. Weren't they kind of right? Here's a question about, here's a what to watch question for you. How much would you like to watch Ohio state, Oregon part two? Oh, like in a playoff. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to see it is if they both make the playoff, whether it's a first round and it, it probably uh, Alabama would have to lose, I guess. Sure. But whatever it, championship game, uh, uh, quarter semifinal game, whatever it is, would you be down if you end up with Oregon state? Uh, I'm sorry, Oregon, Ohio state part due. Sure. I'd be down for that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather I watch that s- than Utah yeah. and Oregon twice in three weeks. I will say uh, and Duck fan may not like this, but there is a, an incredibly strong possibility Ohio State will jump Oregon no matter what. Uh, well, right now they're playing the number seven team in the country. Again, why I hate ranking so much. And they're beating them 49 to nothing in the first half and just took a knee. Yeah. Jeez. That's I mean, the last year you really see C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Six touchdown passes in the first half. I mean, obviously if Oregon loses, they'll jump them. But if Oregon wins and even wins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fairly convincingly, I think you could see Oregon go to number four. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of Duck fans that will get pissed and say, well, screw you. They're two one-loss teams, and they won the head-to-head. Well, why do you think Michigan State is number seven and Michigan is number six? I think the college football playoff committee knew something. Yeah. Well, and if Utah Utah is 23 in the country, and these are accurate ratings, you're going to have to win 100 to nothing in the first half to make it equivalent to beating the number seven team by 49 in the first half. I think the only way you can win 100 to zero in the first half would be if Utah made a strategic decision to make their entire defense children stacked on each other in trench coats. No, the only way you... No, the only way you win... (laughs) Here, the honest truth, the only way you get up 100 to nothing, your offense never steps on the field. Every single pass is a pick six, and every single rush is a fumble uh, scoop and score. I mean, that would be it. You'd have to just, like, every drive, you'd have to give the ball right back. Maybe you have a one-yard rush in there somewhere. But you'd have to give up the ball in the red zone as a turnover every single possession. Well, I would think that you – I don't even think that if you had just normally – the opposing team, the losing team did not put their defense yeah. and did not put their offense out every time. Yeah. I still don't think you could score a hundred points and a half just be just logistically. It'd be a turnover. It'd be just be like, here's a pick six. You'd have to throw seven. Every pick moment six. would have to be urgency of scoring. Yes. Or getting scored upon. Yes. You, you would almost have to effort to get scored upon. All right. 
Ducks, Ducks, Utes, uh, you have you've already said that you believe the Oregon Ducks will win this game. I do. What is the one thing uh, that gives them the biggest advantage that people should watch for? Uh, talent. I think it's talent-wise, and I think this is something that's just being severely overlooked right now. You know, uh, Utah is a good team, and they've improved as of late. Uh, let me just remind everybody very quickly. They lost to Oregon State. Okay. Oregon State's a good football team. Yeah, they are a good football team. But those are the same people that say Oregon State is a building football team, <laughs> is a team that is five years away from being anything that's just, like, good. Look, In fairness, a very young Utah team. That's fine. But they lost against Oregon State. I watched all that game. I know where uh, our Utah's flaws are, and I will tell you right now, Oregon will exploit those flaws. Where hey, are their flaws? Oregon State really... Where? What is Oregon State really good at offensively? Running the ball. Okay. What is Oregon like to pride themselves in doing? Well, they're very good at running, running the, the ball. ball. Okay. Yes. I think you might want to pay attention to that in this game yeah. and then just watch the score at halftime. I think Oregon will. I mean, it's not going to be as bad as what you're watching with Ohio State and Michigan State, but I think Oregon will handle Utah very easily. All right. That's my prediction. All right. What about uh, what about the other side of the coin? What are you watching for in uh, the Oregon State-Arizona State game? Uh, Just a win, baby. Just a win. <laughs> How do they get it? Come oh, on. Tell I don't the people know. that don't understand football. I mean, what's what's the uh, what's the key? We we're talking about Chance Nolan all year. Because yeah. here's my thing about the Oregon game, is I believe that, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I feel like they have kind of midway through the season you have to test and see what your quarterback can do. I think there was a point in the Washington game very early with a bad interception that Joe Moorhead and Mario Cristobal and the entire team went. You know what? We're going to play a little bit more conservative. We're going to let Anthony Brown make decision between do I throw it to my first read or do I tuck it and run? And I think that's where you look at it and you go, all right, they know what to do with Anthony Brown. It's winning time. They're not going to take any chances. We've seen all the testing out to see what the, the ceiling is. We know it. We can win with him this way. And I think it's decision making and, uh, and they make it much easier for him at this point in the season. I like it. That's what I think. All right. Well, everybody have a absolutely wonderful Saturday. The uh, Ducks Coaches Show is next, followed by uh, Anthony Newman and Andy Dirt Johnson with your Ducks game day. Leave it here on the fan. We got Ducks all day, but we're done. Have a great day. Bye bye. And that's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bag. But every once in a while, you miss your spot, even if you're trying to serve up meat. Forty yeah. and a half inches of of wiener hanging yes. out on. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 